Thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. On today's episode, we look at tonight's game as Michigan State travels down to Iowa to take on the Hawkeyes, then answering your fantastic mailbag questions. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Spartans, gang. How are we all doing on this fantastic Tuesday? Hope you're doing just well. Uh, Before, mm, that that could change tonight. Eh, but maybe it won't. Who's to say? This team has been surprising us all season. And once you think that you know them, you know, hey, things are looking pretty good. Uh Uh-oh. Start going sideways and then, well, okay. Once start things looking bad, mm, sometimes uh, they surprise you and eh, they have a good performance. So... Here's to that tonight. Uh, we will be getting into that game with friend of the program, fellow Locked On host, Andrew Wade. Yes, he's the fine, fine gentleman that host Locked On Hawkeyes. We banter about the game, so we will include a snippet of that conversation in today's episode. Uh, but before that, just some news regarding MSU. And then the third segment, some mailbag questions. Uh, and segment one, we'll have a mailbag question too. So kind of like a little mailbag sandwich for you today. First segment, third segment with some good old uh, Andrew Wade of Lockdown Hawkeyes meet in the middle, baby. That's right. Um, but first, before we get to either of those, I just want to ask you politely to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if you have amnesia and you forgot what podcast you just clicked on to listen to, hey, this is a Locked On Spartans podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to yell at me for some reason, you want to yell about the team for well, a very good reason. LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. That is where my listening eyes will be reading your emails. All right, let's get into it. Two things. Uh, On Monday, the AP Top 25 comes out, and Michigan State starts, or I'm sorry, is at the place where they started the season, which is the first team out of the AP Top 25 poll. Yep, unranked. Um... And at first glance, I'm thinking like, well, okay, I'm going to be honest here. Like, I'm shocked they even got that many votes to be the uh, 26th vote-getting team uh, after their tumultuous stretch here of losing four of the last five games. Then again, like, life ain't too sweet around college basketball for a lot of teams. Like, you have Iowa. Who's, they're like, okay, they're okay. Like, they're having a fine season, I guess. Like, they're ranked 25. Uh, Alabama, by all accounts, not having a good season uh, after their uh, just fantastic year last year. Uh, they're 17 and 10. Okay, they're tabbing in at number 24. You got Texas at a smooth 19 and 8, sitting at 20. Uh, Tennessee, 19 and 7. They're at 17. So, look, it, it's, that is kind of somewhat reassuring that, okay. It's not good for Michigan State the last, like, two, three weeks. But you know what? There's a lot of teams, a lot of teams in college basketball that are just, just okay. Like, they're just fine. So, I hey, you, you get lucky uh, in, in March Madness. Or, yeah, okay, that's maybe not luck in Michigan State's uh, arena there because, uh, okay, yeah, this, this Tom Izzo fella. Yeah, I, I think if you have that much success in March, it ain't luck anymore, so... What I'm trying to say is that, hey, you know what, maybe uh, I'm a little too sour on the future uh, of this team when it comes to March Madness, but yeah, so we'll, we'll see just because, yeah, it's just a lot of bleakness around college basketball. Um, and number two, this does include Michigan State, believe it or not, but um, yeah, 
comes out today that the Big Ten uh, or Michigan, whoever, it doesn't matter. Um, Juwan Howard suspended the rest of the regular season. That, of course, means he will be missing the game uh, against Michigan State to begin March. And also two Michigan players, uh, Musa Diabite and Terrence Williams. Uh, they are suspended one game. They are just suspended one game. Uh, so they will be playing against Michigan State here to start March. Um, not really sure how much this will change the game necessarily. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess your head coach leaving hurts a little bit. Um, and yeah, I, like... Okay, I, I thought that Diabite would get a little more than just one game just for, you know, looking like he's on a UFC scholarship at, at Michigan. And you know, this also isn't his first time doing this either in a handshake line. He also had to be restrained uh, after the Rutgers game. So, yeah, um, just one game for him. I, I'm i not going to, like, lose sleep over it. I, whatever. So that is uh, the news out of the Big Ten and how that impacts the Michigan State game coming up. All right. We're not done talking about that yet, though, because we got a fantastic mailbag question. And what a thinker this is. This comes from Joey, and he asks, uh, mailbag question for you. Okay, well, answer for you. Coming up in a little bit. Uh, I'm honestly surprised that fans didn't get involved in the Wisconsin-Michigan brawl. I'm wondering what you think would have happened if Howard did that to Izzo. No way the fans don't flood the court to defend our Spartans, right? That that is a very good point, and not just you know not the second part of that question where you know the entire zone collapses on Juwan Howard and company and just starts going full melee on them. But no, that's a very good point. That that could have gotten a lot worse in Madison. Um, it was not a good situation. You know, it was uh, tensions are high, and yes, if you're sitting that close to the court, if you are a student or just a very passionate fan or an inebriated fan, yeah, that can get out of hand very very quickly. So, all, all things considered, it could have been a lot worse in Wisconsin. Now, Juwan Howard, he uh, blows by Tom Izzo after the handshake line after Michigan State, uh, beats him by double digits once again at Breslin Center, um, and he just cold cocks Izzo just right in the back, or, or just reaches across and punches Dwayne Stevens, which that would be a fun fight to watch, actually. Juwan Howard versus Dwayne Stevens, I, I can see that one going all 12 rounds. That could go the distance, but man, would Spartans have flooded the court? I, maybe not flooded, but I. Oh boy! Wow, uh, Wisconsin was maybe at a DefCon three there. You're kind of getting it bumped up to DefCon one because when Michigan meets Michigan State, neither fan bases like each other, neither fan bases respect each other, and that's the way rivalries should be. I don't respect any of those people over there. They sure as hell don't respect me, and I got no problem with that. Um, so yeah, scene. Putting myself in the shoes of an own member, seen Jawan Coldcock, uh, like Mike Garland, for example, or Dwayne Stevens. Oh my, oh yeah, you're gonna get a a bee's nest uh, of an Izone right there. Now, with that said, you do got that big scores table in between the Izone and where all the coaches meet. Kind of tough to climb over. You got some uh, media personnel, some team personnel to climb over as well. And also security is a little closer to the team and coaches in basketball than they would be for uh, for football, for, for example. Like, yeah, sure, you got the cop by the coach in football all the time. But other than that, it's just players just walking around, high-fiving each other, everything like that. So, no, like basketball, it's in a contained spot, so you got a lot of security. But, man, I, I'm not saying for sure that it would be no. Uh, because yeah, this, this is a rivalry that gets pretty 
heated. Um, especially, hey, let's say it's a night game. You know, Friday night, 7 p.m. Everyone's just been drinking since 8 a.m. Uh, everyone's wound up for the game. And, uh, yeah, just passionate, passionate fans. And you see one of your own just get cold-cocked against a, a team you hate. Uh, it's, it's not entirely off the table, Joey. So, yeah, I, I do like that question. But, man, what a what a hypothesis to just kind of, like, just think about. Like, oh, what would have happened? But, luckily, you don't have to think about that. So, uh, well, at, at least, yet. Yeah, who's to say when Michigan visits Breslin Center next year? I, Juwan Howard is might just, I don't know, he, he might bring a, a billy club to uh, games now. Who knows? He's from Chicago, so it's all fine and well, and he's allowed to do that since he was uh, from the Windy City. All right, guys, we will be back in a hot second, but not just me. We will be joined by Andrew Wade of Locked on Hawkeyes to talk about tonight's game. But first, need to talk to you fine folks about BetOnline.net. Woo! Football. Yeah, it might be over for the season, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. Get all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and hey, you can bet on where the next fired coach is going to land at BetOnline.net. There's a reason they're the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey. It's your source for boxing, UFC, golf, baseball if they ever want to meet and decide, hey, we're going to have a season, but until then, maybe not baseball and BetOnline. But head to the website today. Use a mobile device and find out all the sports that you can wager on. It's just fantastic. And also, check out all the news and the trends and action at BetOnline where the game starts. And before chatting with my man Andrew Wade of Locked On Hawkeyes, hey, just want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Like, what is the vibe check over there? Because just like you said, this is a lot of games packed into a short amount of time. You have the Michigan State team, which if I was an Iowa fan, I'd be looking my chops at being like, oh my God, this is a wounded animal coming in here. But at the same time, like, this is kind of Michigan State's MO once you think that you know them. Like, they surprise you and turn it around for better or for worse. So, like, what, where, where's where's your vibe check at right now? Are you confident? Are you a little shook? Where are we at, Andrew? Um, I will feel a lot better about this basketball team in either direction after Michigan State. Okay. I feel like what – and it's tough because Iowa has been close in a lot of games, right? I mean, this season has been such a weird season. They lost two NBA players. Iowa doesn't produce a lot of NBA players. So losing mm-hmm. two of them in the same season is tough. You lose your backup. who was supposed to be the next guy up for Luca Garza going to, to Xavier. Uh, you lose CJ Frederick, the trader who goes to Kentucky. I mean, um, it is just, it's just not, it was, it was a tough, difficult turnaround for Iowa and yeah. to be, Honestly, into this into this spot makes me happy, right? The fact that they're going to be okay. in a tournament, I'm feeling pretty good overall. Now, game to game, I get very frustrated, right? You go against Purdue, you don't have Keegan Murray, and you only lose by seven. But then you go play Purdue with Keegan Murray, and you are struggling to keep even in that game. Uh, I don't understand that. Penn State, you easily could have won that game. You go to double overtime, you lose on the road. Frustrating. Yeah. Michigan, uh, they they played outstanding. Wisconsin. I felt like I just Iowa couldn't do much against them. Rutgers, we got a crappy Big Ten call um, at the very end. That oh, that was just a ridiculous foul call. But yeah, uh, vibe check. If they beat Michigan State and they beat them by more than ten, I think this is a team that people should be worried about in the NCAA tournament. I, I truly do. Going into this season, I felt like this team had a lower floor than last year's team, but a higher ceiling given the fact that defensively. I felt like that could keep them in games when their offense wasn't hitting. 
And we've seen them do that at times this year where their defense has kept them in. They did a great Gosh, job against Ohio State. I think matchups are really going to be a huge factor in this. When you have a key, you have three, six, eight guys who can guard two through five and you know dribble the ball. That's pretty darn good. And sure. they can also all shoot the three and they can kind of they have some post-up moves. So I mean, th- there's definitely some matchup and, and situational issues or situational things that Iowa could take advantage of against any given team. So um, if they beat Michigan State, I'll feel good. I just haven't they haven't been able to get up for that next game or continue to keep it up. And that's been kind of frustrating for me. And against Michigan State, this is the letdown spot that I'm really worried about. Yeah, that's been the interesting thing about Iowa too, is just the defensive portion of it. Because I, I you know, when you think defensive juggernauts, I, you know, I, I'm sorry, but I think Iowa would be the 14th team that I would usually name in the conference for, okay, yeah. this is who you can count for defense, but it looks like, like it, are things turning around defensively? Is this like, it's just some mirage. And, and if so, like how, how has it been done? Is it just all that length and versatility? Yeah. Um, well, first, I think it's important to note that according to Kempom, they're the 103rd ranked defense in the nation, and they've been still worse than Iowa, that. Though. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean that's right. it's pretty right. it's pretty decent for the Hawks. I think part of it's that Iowa's defense is never going to be good, right? Okay. When you when you play the kind of basketball they do, which is get the ball and run as fast as you freaking can down the other side of the court, they're always looking for that transition opportunity. That yeah. is always going to lend yourself to having a little bit more difficulty on the defensive end. It's just fact of the matter. Um, in some games, they played pretty well, especially down this this past probably three weeks. They played really good defense against Penn State. I thought they played pretty good defense. Um, Minnesota, they shut them down. Jordan Bohannon uh, actually looked like he could defend some people pretty consistently, Dang. which was impressive. Right. <laughs> uh, Maryland, they scored eighty seven points, but Iowa also scored one hundred and ten. I mean, um, the eighty seven was more a product of Iowa was just getting down the court so much. You know, Maryland was going to have those opportunities. So to me. What I've seen from them is that their defense is has the ceiling higher than last year's defense. There are times where this defense can be a top 30 defense. The problem is the consistency of seeing that and seeing sure. it even from first half to second half. So, um, and, and matchup matchups are um, Michigan is a terrible matchup for us when you have mm-hmm. Hunter Dickinson and you have their 6'11 five star forward. That is not a good matchup for Iowa considering we play a 6'9. Uh, undersized, probably a stretch for playing a five in the Big Ten. Yeah. Not a good idea. Uh, been there. That was Michigan State last year. Yeah, just trying to six nine guy out there and <laughs> good luck yeah. out there. Don't get too hurt. Yeah, um, have fun. Don't die. Yeah, <laughs> remember you got five fouls. Let's use them all. Um, yeah. So okay, obviously you, you got Keegan Murray. You know it, it goes without saying that the, might have a few eyeballs on him today. Who outside of him offensively should? Uh, MSU fans uh, just shook over here. Is it going to be 39-year-old Jordan Bohannon, or like is there someone else that's striking fear in the opponent's heart so far this season? Jordan Bohannon's interesting because he really has – he's only had, I would argue, one breakout game, and that was, I believe, against Maryland where he scored 30 points and hit 11 or 10 three-pointers on 16 attempts. Like I was like, wow, okay, cool. You're back, Jordan. Uh, And since then, he's been – more of this is consistent. He's gotten 10 to 12 points, hit two or three threes. Um, honestly, he's been actually dribbling the basketball pretty well and attacking the basket in a good way of, of and actually doing a pretty good job there. Um, offensively, though, it would either be Patrick McCaffrey or Chris Murray. Um, if you lock down Keegan, I think you need Patrick or Chris to be the guy. And gotcha. Chris has been 
up and down all season between his minutes. He's either getting 10 minutes or getting 26 minutes. He'll put in 25 points against Purdue and then play eight minutes against Rutgers and get two minutes so or two points. So it's been very inconsistent with his minutes. Um, Chris is a guy, though, if he gets going, and he, he had a great game this past game um, against Ohio State, he's a guy to watch out for. He's, his game uh, is very similar to Keegan's, obviously, right? They have the exact same body type. They're, they're literally twins. Chris can shoot the ball better where Keegan is going to attack the basket a bit more. So Chris is a better shooter. Keegan's a bit more of a, a basket attacker. Um, Patrick McCaffrey, uh, when he knows what he's going to do with the basketball, he can be really Season outstanding one. and he can put together some really amazing things. But sometimes he goes to lane. And I'm like, I don't know if you knew what you were going to do when you got here. Like, I think you're like, oh, let's get here and figure it out second. And then he just doesn't convert around the rim. And I, I had him on the show this summer and I was like, and I, I tried to phrase the question in a proper way because obviously he was being very kind to come on the sure, show and talk about the team. And I was like, one of the things I think you could possibly work on, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is maybe finishing <laughs> on the basket. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you know, there's, you know, some things about being tired and uh, definitely have to work on some of that. And he kind of, you know, didn't really answer the question specifically. So I don't think he agreed with me. But I mean, he doesn't. He's so hot or hot or cold when he gets yeah. within four feet of the basket. I'm like, what is going on here, man? So I think it's one of those two guys is going to be the guy that would really tear you up. Um, obviously, you always have to watch for Jordan Bohannon. If he starts getting that big dick energy and he's hitting, yeah. uh, if he hits two threes early, like watch out. He's going to come down and just start drilling threes from the logo. So That'll just seem so real to me, too. I could just see it before the under-16 timeout. He's already two for three on three-pointers, and like I'm already just starting to – like, Reach for the beer and the Kleenex box to start sobbing the, the, the night away. So, yeah, great. Fantastic. No, I'm, I'm shaking my head when you describe, like, uh, you know, just driving to the lane, having no idea what you're going to do when you get to the rim because you also just explained Gabe Brown's game, too, which uh, I, I swear <laughs> to God, it kicks the ball into the upper deck when he drives more than he converts on layups. So, uh, that's life, though. You can tell I'm really thrilled about this game. Cannot wait for yeah. it. Ooh, 7 p.m. Don't miss this one. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you feel better. If I was losing, I am unable to drink a beer because I decided for some reason to give up alcohol for 75 days. So God, you're better than I am. Wow, Jesus. Okay. I'm oh, only seven wow. days in, and it has been actually difficult. So God bless you, man. Wow. Well, hey, yeah. better now than football season, I guess. So that's uh... honestly, that was my, I was like, this is the best time. Like, I'll be in a hospital yeah. for two days. Uh, sure. The birth of my son. Like, I did yeah. it right after a bachelor party where I was basically uh, dead afterwards, right before the first wedding. So I'm like trying to be strategic about this, but uh, right yeah. during March Madness is kind of a rough time. And huge thanks to my guy, Andrew Wade of Locked on Hawkeyes, for uh, yes, chatting about tonight's game. Uh, ho hopefully, he has an absolutely miserable time watching it as Michigan State hopefully wins, but. Hey, if, if Iowa does win, I'll, I'll be happy for one person and one person only, and that is my guy, Andrew Wade. So we will be back answering a few mailbag questions here in a hot second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Yeah! With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, that's right, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Wind or often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, hey, is your Ford Bronco need a spooly bopper? Like, I... I don't know. I, I know zero about cars. I, that, that was probably a car product I just named. I have no idea. Luckily, you don't have to be a car person because the fine folks at Rock Auto, yeah, they're your car people. You can save time. You can save money when using Rock Auto. Why would you spend 30 50 or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? <laughs> well, I tell you, you'd only do it if you were a big circus clown. Here. Rock Auto's prices. Reliably low for every customer, so go explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solution your auto part needs. 
Like I said, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How'd you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably, reliably low prices. Nailed it. All the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, let's crack open this mailbag question here uh, from Greg. This is uh, who's going to kick us off here. What is it about teams who play MSU? Um, it's just a great question on the surface, but he goes a little further into that. How come it seems like commonplace that everyday role players, 10 points per game or under, have the game of their lives against MSU? Case in point today versus Illinois. Obviously, he sent this on Saturday. Grandison averages under 10 per game and drops 15 in the first half. It really does seem like that, and you go back to Landers Nolly going off against us. Uh, Anthony Edwards going off against Michigan State. Okay, you can see how that happens. The guy's a uh, he's a good talent for sure. But yeah, guys like Grandison, a little puzzling. Um, Michigan State that they've played games time and time before where there's a dominant big man and strong role players around them, and more times than not, like they'll just let the big man. Go off, and then okay, you know what? Your big man can he can have his like Coburn. He can have his, for example. Um, it's your role players are going to have to beat us. That is not what they did Saturday. Uh, they knew. Now this is what they did last year, and it it, it worked. Yeah, I would say it worked. Obviously, they, they won the game, so of course it worked. Um, where they would collapse on Coburn because well, Coburn didn't really pass the ball at all last year. Like they knew that he was a black hole. And when he was going to get the ball, it was never going to get passed. So, well, okay, might as well just have him huck up shots against, you know, with three people draped on him. Saturday, that did not happen. Uh, they did the same strategy. Instead of letting the role players beat them, they did help inside. So, okay, Coburn's got the ball. One-on-one -on -one against either Bingham or Marble. Hey, let's come down, try to help him. And, uh-oh, well, the guy that just came down is now leaving Grandison open. Grandison's a 40% three-point shooter, and he was able to get 10 three-point attempts off on that game. So, yeah, it was a, a strategy that worked last year. That did not work at all this year. So, that for that incident, that's how that happens. Um, next question is from Joe. Uh, Matt, despite your criticism of Tyson Walker this year, today clearly showed who Izzo needs to give the keys uh, to the team to. I was screaming Cassius the last five minutes of the game. It's on Izzo to make sure he maintains his self-confidence the rest of the year. Go green! Uh, Joe hits us with, and go white, good sir. Um... I'm starting to side with you. And this comes back to what happened in the second half of the Indiana game, where he hits that three-pointer, arms go up in the air. It's almost like he's relieved it went in, that finally, okay, I'm, I am I can hit shots. Let's take some more. And then he took two more that game, and you know the other two were kind of when the game was out of reach. I, I do like what we saw in the second half against Illinois that he's confident enough. And maybe, but I just have a slight little bit of pause, that, that maybe he was so aggressive because there was nothing to lose, because it was a no-pressure situation. Like, okay, we're down 10 points. We're down 8 points late in the game. Like, So at that point, not a lot of pressure on him. But that doesn't, again, I say that, and you know, it just sounds like I'm still like salty about it, but no, like that, that doesn't take away from his great performance. I, I just want to see him prosper like early on a game when it's close or like late in a close game but again these are great steps that he's taken that second half against indiana that second half against illinois and we're starting to see the tyson walker that we saw that we saw for a pocket of time for a flash of time in december 
it took about four or five games to get his feet under him to start the season. You know, maybe the, the lights were a little too bright for playing at Michigan State after playing for Northeastern. I, I don't think that's rude or illogical to say that. It's a little different playing for Northeastern and then playing for up oh, Michigan State on ESPN uh, every single night. So, yeah, I, it's clear that his confidence also taken a hit. But those little moments like that against Indiana and against Illinois, they, they come close enough together where I'm starting to think, like, okay, maybe he's getting it back. And, God, what a great spot tonight to show that, huh? At Iowa, that's going to be a raucous atmosphere. That will not be fun to play in. Uh, that will be a packed arena. They hate Michigan State. They will be loud all games. So, hey, if we can see a good Tyson Walker performance today, I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot better about the end of the season than I would if he does not have a good game this season because I, we just need some semblance of uh, consistent point guard play. I know you've heard me say that 28,000 times in the last, uh, we'll call it five weeks, but yeah, I just... Please, please, just one of you, just play consistent, I beg you. Please, Tyson, if that's got to be you, then just just do it, please, I beg you. Um, all right. God damn. This is a, a, a very hilariously appropriate way to start this question. Uh, this is from Kunj, I think. Kunj? 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 K-U-N-J. And this is his question, ironically enough. Uh, in honor of how hard of a time you and Will had saying my name the first time, what's the hardest Spartan name you've had to pronounce? What's the Spartans... Uh, so he asked, what is the Spartan hard name to pronounce Mount Rushmore? And how quickly is Ma'a Nauteote Ote's face carved in there? For, it's already out there for sure. Um, I, and I was going to say etched in stone, but okay, Mount Rushmore literally is stone. So go coat Ma'a's uh, face with platinum too to make sure that it never gets uh, eroded away as well. Because he's first and foremost the name I have the hardest to pronounce. Um and I gotta say, like I, I mispronounce so many names, as you guys know on this show. If you've been listening to Locked On Spartans for oh more than twelve minutes, I'm just terrible with names. Um, I, I can't even say my last name correctly sometimes. Like everyone's like, "Oh, is it Sheehan or Sheehan?" I'm like that. <laughs> I I say both, so I, I don't know. But to round out the three others on this Mount Rushmore, I got four names in front of me that gave me hard times, and maybe still sometimes give me hard times this day. And I'm gonna go back to the early two thousands. Uh, Demata Pecco was one that really tied me up, especially when I was a kid. I think I would add, just like I do with Ma'a's name, I just add syllables out of nowhere, like, Pecco. It was a disaster, but now I know, just Demata, Demata Pecco, Demata Pecco. Okay, there we go. Just had to say it 800 times before I finally got it. Very easy name, but hey, this is uh, the trip inside my brain that you are all taking with me right now. Another name that probably shouldn't have been as hard, Aloysius. Anagagne. Aloysius Anagagne. I would always get tripped up by saying Aloysius Alagagne. And that doesn't make sense because there is no L in his last name. So that uh, that gave me fits as Little Tyke. And uh, honestly, like recently, like I think it was last year or so, and we were just reminiscing, you know, playing like, hey, name that guy. And it was like, oh, yeah, remember Al uh, Aloysius Alagagne? And gave me a weird look, like, it's Anagagne. It's like, hey, get off my back, please. Please. Hey, here's a name that uh, is completely embarrassing to mispronounce all the time, and it's Matt Coglin. Matt Coglin, Matt Coughlin, Matt Coglin. Yeah, I just, that name, uh, even though he's been on the team for 85 years, and uh, we interviewed him not too long ago, I switched between Coughlin and Coglin. And last but not least, if I could borrow a fifth head on Mount Rushmore. Oh, God, I'm intimidated staring at this name. Arjun Kolkwan? Ar <laughs> you can tell by my confidence that uh, I'm still having trouble with it. Arjun Kolkwan. 
Colquan. You guys know who I, maybe you don't know who I'm talking about, but may, perhaps you know who I'm talking about. He was the defensive back that played in, in the mid 2010s. Uh, actually had a class with him coaching basketball. I mean, he was a fine basketball player, but yes, I don't know why that last name just trips me up. I, actually, I, I think I do know why. It's because it's so close to reading like Calhoun, but then you throw the mystery Q U in there, and that that's how I just sound like I'm just fumbling Scrabble letters out of my mouth and disrespecting this poor guy's last name. I'm so sorry. I, I don't feel I don't feel good about this, but that's. Uh, that's how my brain operates, which is not good. All right, guys, thanks a lot for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Spartans. You already know we'll be back tomorrow breaking down tonight's game between the Spartans and the Hawkeyes. Oh, boy, I just hope it goes well. I, I doubt it will, but, hey, I've been wrong many, uh, many times about games on here before, and I'd really love to be wrong about this one. All right, guys, so thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. Now go make your second listen Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. And it's free. It's available wherever you get your podcast. All right, hey, let's have a good time tonight. Go Green!